Welcome to Kingdom Talks, where we engage leaders, teachers, creative artists, and everyday people in conversations that awaken listeners to new revelations of the Kingdom Age. All of our courses, community conversations, partnership links, and much more can be found on our website, kingdomtalksmedia.com. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to Kingdom Talks. As you can see, we got a good, awesome group of people here. We have Nancy Cohen, we have Shannon Bates, and Larry McKnight. And I'm just noticing, Larry, that your name came up as my name, which is interesting. If, if he's on your computer. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's weird. That is interesting. The name. <laughs> but anyway, that is not Gil Hodges with uh, no hair. That is uh, Larry McKnight. <laughs> Let's stay out of personal issues in the show. <laughs> well, hey, I have threatened many times to cut all this off and, and go bald. I would love to if I looked okay with it, but Adina says no. So anyway. You know, the, the first time I did this, it was, uh, I got it cut before a missions trip to Hong Kong. And I've just kept it this way more or less ever since. I just thought I have a million things to worry about over there. And my hair is not going to be one of <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely understand. So anyway, uh, we have four of the seven people that will be at the conference, teaching at the conference, Restoration of All Things. So just want to welcome everybody again. Nancy, thank you so much for being on here. Blessings. It's been too long. It really has. <laughs> and well, we've both been busy traveling and moving and doing all kinds of things. So yeah, Shannon. Same with you. Been a while since we've had you on. It is. It's been a while. Yeah. We tried a few times when we were traveling, but neither one of us had good internet. I know. I know as well. Well, this has been good. And I, I really appreciate you guys coming on here. Just wanted to uh, let the people know about this Restoration of All Things conference that's coming up. And, uh, you know, we, like I said, got four out of the seven. The other three are Mike Parsons, uh, Lindy Strong, and my wife, Adina, we will all be sharing at the Restoration of All Things. It's going to be five days, Wednesday through Sunday. And uh, we just encourage you, if you haven't got signed up uh, to do so, I think there's a few seats left. Um, otherwise, definitely get on the live stream. The live stream is going to be interactive to where you can ask questions with the speakers and engage with everybody, just like the people there at the audience. So encourage you to do that. Um, so let me see here. I got some chats coming in, so I'll have to read those in a second. Uh, we're good. Okay. So blessings to everybody. And, uh, who wants to start off? Who wants to share a little bit about the, the excitement of the restoration of all things conference here in Colorado Springs? All right. <laughs> jump don't at ju once. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Stop. Slow down. All right. Nancy, why don't you start us off? Okay. Uh, actually, I feel like the restoration of all things is probably my birth message. And the thing that is most preeminent for me to fulfill the, everything that's written on my scroll by God, I was, uh, I'd like to give a little bit of background to how I came into the message because I think that's very important. I had a, uh, an amazing epiphanous appearance of Jesus Christ in my room to lead me to him. That was in November, on November 16th, 1974. I became so full of fire and zeal for the Lord that everything inside of me was devoted to studying the Word of God. And I really had this amazing desire to find out about the end time coming of Jesus Christ. And so I spent three and a half years reading 
over a thousand books about the second coming of the Lord. And every book that I read was totally backed up with scripture, but had totally different uh, thoughts and ideas and scenarios attached to them. I even went to the Washington DC to the Library of Congress and looked up everything I could find about the second coming of Jesus. And one thing that I found was that every generation since uh, 400 AD has earnestly believed with everything that was in them that they would be the generation that would be on the earth when Jesus came back again. Um, even the disciples believed that and they taught their people, forget about crops, planting your crops, you have to get ready. Forget about getting married, you have to get ready because Jesus is coming back again soon. Uh, after three and a half years of diligent study, like uh, I'm talking 18 to 20 hours a day, um, I finally got so confused because every scenario seemed to be backed up with scripture, but they were all radically different. And finally, one day I just cried out to the Lord and I said, Lord, uh, I really, really, really want to know the truth. And his response was, he laughed at me because he does that consistently. <laughs> He said, if you want to know the truth, you must come to the truth because the truth is not a doctrine. It's a person. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. as a result of that, I began to seek how to come to the Lord to receive Jesus as the truth. Because at that time I thought, well, I've, I've given my life to Jesus. I've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What do you mean come to the truth? And the ultimate end of that was that in 1979, I uh, took my Bible into a dry place uh, by myself for seven days. And during the course of that time, the Lord completely undid all of my end time eschatology that I had spent three and a half years studying. He caught me up into the heavens and he began to teach me about the restoration of all things. Uh, the first thing that happened was I'm sitting on a blanket in the middle of the camp by myself and I'm flipping around just the first day trying to figure out, yeah, Isaiah's pointing to Revelation, Revelation's pointing back to Isaiah, Daniel's pointing to Revelation, Revelation's pointing backwards to Daniel. The first day and the second day, I couldn't get all of that eschatology out of my head. But on the third day, the Lord took me to a passage in Revelation chapter 5. I think it's a, a verse 11 through 15, where the Lord say, uh, uh, says, I, John, was caught up into the heavens, and I saw, as it were, every creature that had ever been created, those that are on the earth, under the earth, over the earth, in the sea, in the sky, all creatures I saw before the throne of, of the Lord, not wailing, singing, blessing and glory and honor and power be to him who sits on the throne forever. When that verse hit my spirit, I rejected it because I thought, well, that he can't mean what I'm reading here because that doesn't mesh with all my understanding of doctrinal <laughs> beliefs. And yeah. so I tried to shove it out of the way. But the more I tried to get rid of it, the more it kept coming back and kept coming back. At the end of that time, I finally said, Lord, whole, whole cults are started off of the misinterpretation of one verse. So if this is what you're wanting me to understand, you're going to have to show me where else this is in scripture, because your word says to take into account the whole counsel of God. So if this is true, I want you to show me where else this is in scripture. 
And for the next four days, everywhere I put my finger down, it was there. Just as in Adam all died, so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, that's us. Afterwards, those that are Christ at his coming, when he shall have put every enemy under his feet. And it is accepted that when he's put every enemy under his feet, that even he himself will surrender himself to the Father, that God may be the all in all. All in yeah. all. That started me on a track that took me to over 500 different scriptures that conclusively prove, scripturally speaking, that his intention is that he will ultimately restore all things. Amen. Amen. Love it. <laughs> so, Larry or Shannon, uh, uh, actually, Shannon, why don't you go next and, and share what you're excited about with this conference? Um, I'm, I'm really excited about getting everybody together because all, a lot of us have different pieces and different ideas that all come together to bring one thing. Yeah. We yeah. may not have all the same understanding of everything, but it's important that each piece is brought together to make the, you know, the whole thing complete. And, you know, I think my piece in that is, um, really that God is a good God and he loves us so much and, and love wins every time, no matter the differences, no matter, you know, this is right or that's right or whatever, we can all sit down together and really kind of discuss it and kind of work it all out. Um, that's one of the reasons that we love being where we are at Joyland is because it's a working out process and we get to do it together yeah. and it's not my way or the highway. It's a discussion. It's being able to talk it out and, and kind of, okay, that resonates with me or that doesn't resonate with me and bring it all together. But ultimately I think in, in all things, I said that God is a good father and, and he, he loves us so much. And that's kind of the piece that I have because I may not have all of the understanding. I mean, Mom, Nancy, I can't say Nancy, sorry, <laughs> and, and Mike both have been walking this out for such a long time. And every day we're learning new things and every day we're grasping new, oh, you know what? That really makes sense. And um, not, you know, maybe discounting anything, but kind of letting it marinate and resonate with inside of us to be able to reveal our piece in all of this, because each one of our pieces are radically different than each other. Um, but they all come together with the same purpose, and that is to bring all things back to him and um, and remembering each part of the body that needs to be regathered. And so that's that's kind of where I am right now. And I'm really excited because we've got such a great group of people that are that are all coming together. And each one has that different piece. Each one has yeah, a different yeah understanding and a different idea and just the culmination of all of us coming together as one is what I am so excited about. So right there with you, I, I'm excited because you know, we're, we're really wanting this to be a, a, a much more interactive event rather than a, a conference and just speaking at people. But even with uh, the, the online process that there's going to be the zoom to where people will be able to ask questions. And, and uh, I'm, I'm all for, hey, somebody doesn't believe the same, let's hear what you're thinking and, and let's deal with some of the stuff that uh, seems to contradict and let's talk about it, let's have conversations about it. So definitely, definitely love that. Just we all carry a piece, not the whole, and that we're coming together to bring a little bit more wholeness to the pieces. 
Yes. <laughs> Larry, you know, and, and I just have to honor you, Larry, for allowing us to use Joyland and to have this at, at Joyland. You guys bring all the tech that makes it work. So thank you so much for honoring us and, and letting us have it here. But you're going to be speaking at it as well. So how about you? What do you think? Um, what, what's exciting to you about this conference? Well, there's uh, there's a couple things. Um, much of what was has been said, Shannon, I agree with you. It's going to be fantastic hearing different perspectives uh, and, and, and different foundational principles that began the journey for people in this direction. There's a little section where we're supposed to talk about, uh, uh, in the conference, we're supposed to talk about how considering and, and embracing the restoration of all things has affected us. And in a couple of ways, uh, it's affected me, and I'm actually excited about that. I, I'm not 100% sure what I'm gonna say because there's two or three things that are important to me. But one of them is to be able to have a more integrated view of who God is. And yeah. if you, you have doctrines that you have to hold your nose on and you don't see their support in scripture, although you see them being alluded to, or you don't see how the God that you know and the God that you see in Jesus, the father that we come to know through Jesus uh, can behave a certain way uh, or, or react a certain way. That's a tough Christianity to live out with consistency. And so for me, I, uh, I just love the fact, uh, embracing the possibilities of God yeah. having his way yeah. at, as the culmination of everything. And then, of course, it sounds funny once you think about it for a while, what other possibility would you embrace? That he, he's going to success someplace or get stumbled up by something? Uh, and so that's where I'm at. I, I, uh, I started this journey, fundamentally, I started this journey realizing that there's several declarative statements about who God is and what he wants, uh, that he wants uh, all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth, that he wants no one to perish and everyone to repent. And when it finally started dawning on me, well, God, what you want, even if it's, you know, and I've, I, I, I've uh, got friends and stuff that parse the words and, and they, they say, well, yeah, he wants it, but he doesn't will it, or he, he desires it, but he hasn't decreed it or whatever the case is. You know, in any universe that I want to live in, the God of that universe, if he desires something, I want to give that some weight. <laughs> because exactly, yeah. The, yeah. the desires in my life as an image bearer do a lot to determine what happens in my life. And, and I'm just a finite being, but I do think I reflect that characteristic. So I, I went through a season where I was trying to find my comfort in the words, you know. What, what does this mean? What does that mean? Uh, I still love that. And I still start from that place and, and, and stay connected to it. But, you know, God's demonstrated throughout history and in my life, in our church, in, in modern day, he's demonstrated the heart of a father. And fathers just don't give up on their kids. Yeah. And so with, with this being um, a possibility now, you know, in my thinking, which a number of years ago, it wasn't a possibility. It was a question. And it was a question that I wasn't satisfied with the answer, but I would just toe the line, you know, with whatever group right. I was in or whatever task I had. Yeah. But to be able to sit and freely embrace the will of the Father as it's expressed in the Word. And then so it's up scripture to me in a lot of ways. Yesterday I was reading in Hosea, and um, there's this missing passage because Hosea 
prophesying over Israel and Ephraim and stuff is really laying the wood on them for idolatry and all that kind of stuff. But then you get a little ways down in there, and there's this beautiful passage where he says, I am going to woo you. I am going to give these things back to you. I am going to reestablish a covenant with you, and I am going to make you my wife forever. Mm -hmm. Now, when those kind of words come out of the mouth of the prophet, and they are attributed to God, they carry weight too, and they match his either. So that's the part for me is to be able to be on God's side in what he wants to happen in, through creation and through the end of the age. Love that. I'm just taking some notes here because it, it, this is good stuff. And, and you know, we're going to have five days of, uh, you know, packed, packed information that people are going to be sharing. And the thing is, I don't, I'm pretty sure I can say, safely say that not one of us started our Christian journey believing this, that we all started in the box and we have all shifted. So it's not like that we haven't been where a lot of people are in still believing, you know, that that God is not powerful enough to restore all things or however you want to look at that, but that we've all shifted and and just in our encounters with the Father, realizing this is a loving God. How does all this other stuff fit? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's incredible. And so I know that Adina and I, one of the things that we'll be sharing on is the limiting beliefs that we put on God that basically because we believe these things we limit him in being able to affect our lives and so having stepped out and given god the ability to to be infinite as he is uh has totally freed adina and i up it has totally caused us to be uh, much more loving and loving of others around us so um Anyway, it's just, uh, I'm knocking things over. <laughs> I got to, you know, I talk with my hands, so got to make sure things are outside of that distance. <laughs> anyway. I do the same thing. So I sometimes I'll get to a place and they'll give me a handheld mic and I have the hardest time because I, I communicate half of what I'm saying with my hands and my body language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They ask, yeah. Her, they ask her if about the mic and I was like, she cannot use a handheld because all of a sudden she gets real excited. The microphone's over here or over here and not up front. But, you know, what you were saying just a minute ago about us um, all starting our journey, you know, because because I came to the Lord when I was a little girl. My mom had a radical, a radical experience. So, I mean, the second that happened, it was all out in our house. But, you know, when I was a teenager, when I was an early teenager, when I was an early teenager, I was so terrified that my dad was going to be left behind because our youth group showed that left behind series. And I mean, I was absolutely panicked. Oh no, he can't come back yet. <laughs> you know, my dad's not going to be with us. And, you know, of course, as, as my teenagers went through, my dad came to the Lord, but the thought of, uh, the thought of, I mean, it was fear. Yeah. It was, you know, we came yeah. to, we came to him by fear instead of this, this love, like where we're going, if, if we don't, you know, say this or do this or the magic words, I mean, I was, yeah, I was terrified that my dad was not going to be with us. And, you know, we had, we lived in the university town and we still had like, my mom was still in the, um, at that time in the total eschatology thing. I mean, rolling out the paper on the ground to jot down every timeline that there was to figure out when the next coming was going to take place. And we had this thing in our uh, town we lived in a military town. They were kind of like these sonic booms. And she's like, oh my gosh, this is going to be it. And we went, no, you can't leave my dad, you know, because, because that's not, that's not what a good father, he scoops his kids up and he 
loves on them and says, okay, let's work on this. There is, there is consequences to our actions. Yeah. Um, there yeah. is consequence, just like as raising our own children, you know, we're not going to let our children just run around and act like a bunch of fools, um, without consequences. They make decisions and there are consequences to those decisions, but yeah. we still, we still are wrapping our arms around them and loving them in the moment, um, when they're struggling because they've made some bad choices. Yeah. And of course, having kids that are also grownups as well as little kids, you know, I've kind of experienced the whole, um, you know, having to love them in the midst of some really poor choices and um, uh, not, I can't understand how the God of the universe could ever be that the, to where you just cut off. I tear my clothes and you no longer belong to me because that's not what it says. And so that's kind of where my journey started as a kid, because I was, I was fearful that, um, the people that we loved had no, no chance at all. So in the journey of walking this out and I don't have all the keys and all the understanding, I'm still in process. It's not my birth message. Like it is, is for my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are all these little things that all of a sudden you're waking up to going, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. That makes so much sense. I never saw it that way before. So it's just about what, you know, what we're, what we were talking about is just dialoguing with each other and getting the understanding. And, you know, I was sitting next to somebody who was at the conference with us, the very first one in the UK last year. And all of a sudden, because of the way Mike presented things, because Mike presents very differently than mom does. And, um, he was like, Oh my gosh, I've got it. <laughs> like it all completely made sense. Cause he's, he's a teacher. He's like a professor in school. And that's the way, you know, all of a sudden the revelation came to an understanding that it wouldn't have been brought in the same way that mom brings it. Yeah. Um, and the piece about just loving each other is another piece, which is my peace (laughs) because that's where I've been called to bringing everybody to a family table to discuss things. And, you know, we've talked about that before when I've been on the the show before is, is having a a safe place to come and sit down and discuss and work out what makes sense to us, what doesn't, what resonates, what doesn't. And that's what this whole thing is about. I love that. And that, that is very much our heart as well is, is the conversation because any, you know, I love doing this show, period, because I, I've had some new people on recently that are a little bit different stream, and it's testing me in our three plumb lines of being able to love, honor, and respect other people's point of view and their interpretation of scripture. But I'm loving it. I love coming around to this guy's side of things to look at it, to see. doesn't mean I have to agree with it, but I get to look at it and we get to have a conversation. And that's what I love. So I have a question for all three of you, and that is, um, what would be your greatest hope and expectation that people would come in to this conference and leave with what? What would be your hope and expectation um, or expectancy of what people would get when they leave this conference? And um, we'll come back around, Nancy, have you share on that first. I think for me, the most important thing for anyone to come away with is an understanding of the depth of the love of our father um that that love conquers all things and not only that but another thing that really i i hope for and i'm beginning to see it happening all over the world as i'm traveling is that people are beginning to think outside the box yeah and to escape a religious system that has kept us 
in bondage to certain do's and don'ts, which are all performance oriented, right. rather than uh, being oriented. And um, I, I did a conference recently with Malcolm Smith. And for 20 years, I've been saying God hates religion because it puts up a system of do's and don'ts that actually prevent people from entering into extreme intimacy with him, which is what is the desire of his heart. Yeah. At this particular conference, Malcolm took that a little bit further, and he, he had actually researched the background for the word uh, religion, which comes from the Greek religioso, and the exact interpretation of that is a return to bondage. Oh, wow. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I've been preaching this for 20 years and I never looked up that word to realize that when we, when we make ourselves subject to all the do's and the don'ts without understanding the extreme uh, desire for intimacy that our father has with us, that we're actually keeping ourselves in a place of bondage because everything is performance oriented not being oriented which is the the hope that i have for people coming to the conference is that they'll leave with the knowledge not not that we're not accountable for our actions but that our actions do not determine the outcome of our relationship with him that so as good. we pursue radical intimacy with divine nature that we actually have the capacity to become the perfect reflection of what he is. Hey there, thank you for joining Kingdom Talks. We are taking a short break to share with you the life-changing online course called Ultimate Impact. Gil and Adina do an amazing job taking the complicated and making it simple and applicable for your life. Ecclesia groups are using this course to shift their thinking into the next age paradigm. Yeshua spoke of power, authority, love, and oneness that we have yet to walk in. So if you're ready to deconstruct limiting beliefs in order to step into what Father is doing now, this course is for you. Sign up today at KingdomTalksMedia.com under the Courses tab. Now, back to the show. Good, good, good. I love that. love that. Uh, Larry. Well, uh, one little point, Nancy, to something you just said. I, I'm working now on a, uh, some teaching headlined by the idea that joy is the first casualty of religion. That's going to be a good message. I really hope people walk away with joy. Personally, um, as it relates to any part I'm going to bring and just what I'm going to listen to for everybody else, listen about for us is I want people to walk away with permission to re-examine the scripture about this topic, to listen and find the things in there and see what it says about the heart of God and the intentions of God without feeling like they have to hide in the closet to do it or sneak out yeah. back behind the house yeah. or something. I, I just really want people to know that there is absolute permission to dig in the scripture, to look at it with fresh eyes, and particularly in this topic, because it relates so directly to, to our freedom to trust God, our freedom to come and, uh, and, and you know, pop up in Papa's lap and sit there and, and be comforted or be, be blessed or just enjoy his presence. And the, the whole schizophrenic kind of image of God, where he's looking at me lovingly 
but he's holding a place in his heart and mind where he's despising a whole other group of his created beings or children. I just want people to be free of that. And, and they're, they're free in my book to come to whatever conclusion they want. But I want them to be able to see the scripture. I want them to be able to look at it. And I want them to be able to voice these ideas without feeling like they're betraying the trust of the gospel or something like that. Because that's just a crazy kind of bondage that comes from religion. Very good. Awesome. Shannon. Um, I'm really kind of piggybacking off of what mom and Larry both said, because I think we've, we've uh, set up such a system that if people don't agree with everything that we have have to say or whatever they have to say to us then we're in the right or they're in the wrong and it's not that it's not that way we have to come to a place where we're honoring the journey that that the lord has for each individual person yes. the path yes. that they're on um you know what you said about the plumb lines honor 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 it's it's huge and um uh not discounting the idea just because we don't understand something so everybody take whatever it is that this conference brings and stirs up inside of them and go and look into it themselves you can't take the word of a man go seek after what it is the father's trying to show you what your path what your journey what what your place is so that we can all come together and fulfill everything that he started from the before the foundation and yeah. and so that's that's my hope is that everybody will get this hunger and this thirst to really start diving in and finding some things out for themselves. Just, you know, when you're in a classroom and they give you this one little piece of history and they tell you, oh, well, this happened on this day and this, they don't tell you all of the what's and why's and everything. They just are giving you a little glimpse. It's so that you, it puts a hunger inside of you to be able to go and find those things out for yourself and, and explore what it is that the father's trying to teach you with each one of the people that he's brought together because everybody, like I said earlier, is piece is very different. Um, the styles of teaching are very, very different. And, um, but all of a sudden it's going to spark things that make you want to look into, yeah. you know, yeah. just recently we had somebody that is a word, word, word person. Um, they're in their seventies, probably close to 80 by now have been bathing in the word since probably diapers. <laughs> I mean, they know the scripture, know the scripture, know the scripture. And all of a sudden we're sitting there in a meeting and something got said and it was a scripture and they were like, that doesn't. So they went and they went and looked at the scripture and all of a sudden this life, I mean, this excitement of this person that's in their seventies, all of a sudden went, oh my gosh, I've read that 3 million times. I mean, he could quote, quote scripture like better than anybody I know. And all of a sudden, that scripture jumped out at him in a time and a season where he's read it over because it's a common scripture over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah. All of a sudden it had a different, a different meaning and a different uh, application to what, where he was journeying at the moment. And I think that's what we are because we're all on this journey and it, these, these things are going to speak to us in different ways at different times in the process of our journey. And I think that's the thing that I'm most excited about is yeah. just really bringing to the table the conversation mm -hmm. of, of us all being able to go, okay, what are you getting? What are you getting? And that's why the interaction with everybody is so important because yeah. there are people that have pieces that we have need of. And um, so I'm, that's, my, that's my excitement for the meeting and what's going to be taking place there. And again, I, I, I love the, the setup of this because I'm, we're going to be encouraging audience participation that not just their questions, but their comments as well. So, you know, because like you said, 
the speakers, yeah, we have something to bring to share, but there's people sitting in the audience. There's people that are going to be watching online that are going to have a piece that they can share. And it's going to be aha moments for us too. I hope, I hope, you know, mm-hmm. that we'll all get some new revelation as well. And that's going to be the beauty of it. So my hope is that people go walk away from this with a new level of unity and freedom that they've not had before because you know that that freedom even if they walk away not believing a word we ever said that they would have the freedom to walk away and not believe a word we said you know but they would have freedom that they would know from us that we're giving them the freedom you don't have to believe any of this but that's why we're starting off the first night wednesday night with each one of us taking 10 minutes just to share why this has impacted or how this has has impacted our lives so much because again i know from my wife and i that you know it has just made us more loving and it's made us willing or able to love others around us and set them free. Um, it's, it's been a, probably the most impactful revelation of, of uh, I don't want to call it doctrine, but just, you know, the, the scriptures that we've ever, we've ever had. And just thank you to Nancy and uh, Mike, because both of you were instrumental in that. In fact, massively so, because I've, I think I first heard it from you, Nancy, a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. and it it took Adina and I, you know, a good nine months to process the whole thing and to look at the scriptures, relook at scriptures, like you were saying, Larry, relook at the scriptures, give permission to relook at them and not, you know, try to take off the old glasses and look at them with fresh lenses, and it will make a difference. It will make a difference. It so, makes a huge difference. I, I just want to piggyback off of something Shannon said about our friend that was at a strategy meeting and. When I I just released two or three scriptures having to do with the restoration of all things, and he 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 grabbed his Bible and he looked it up and and he did he just like totally came alive. The week after I got uh, after the meeting was over, he sent me probably a hundred scriptures that he had researched himself that said that the restoration of all things was a true reality, and and I love it because it's it just lights a fire under those people that are earnestly seeking that yeah. radical intimacy yeah. with the divine nature to, to recognize that God is love yeah. and that love wins every time, even in regards to the ultimate reconciliation of all yeah. things. Amen. You know, when we look at history, we can kind of see little pockets or, you know, books written or something that came out through history where people tried to bring this forward but you know it just got snuffed out and pushed aside and it never got to take root and i feel like that what's happening now with the internet and it's just the season that we're in that father is releasing this in a new and massive way to where it is not just taking root but it's starting to flourish and what it's doing it's giving all these people who have thought these things but were snuffed out before they're able to step back up and step into what you and you know and and you know Mike and others have been forerunners in for so long, pushing forward and opening up the way so that the rest of us, um, you know, didn't have to take the beatings that you guys took. <laughs> I think her biggest beating be is for that because they were pretty vicious beatings. I, <laughs> You know, we've got tiny bits, so I can't imagine what you guys have gone through. So, Well, I think part of the vicious beatings, though, are, first of all, people are scared. Yes. Because it's different than anything that they've, that they've talked about or addressed before. 
Um, and I think the, some of the biggest beatings uh, that she's received are actually for things that she never even said. Uh, because what happens is, is people take out of context certain things. And we just had a big discussion of this not long ago on whether or not she believes hell is a real place or not. You're saying hell doesn't exist, which she's never, ever said. So it's, I think it's the misunderstanding and misconcept. We had somebody that was, that was um, very close to us that was saying, you know, they don't believe in hell and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And um, which none of it was even true, but they've heard bits and pieces from people rather than just coming and saying, Hey, where do you stand on this? You know, yeah. because I think, I think it, it's fearful for people because yeah. we've been in, we've been locked in such a system for so long that anything that is outside the box of thinking um it gets really slammed and really really questioned which you know we're in good company because jesus did everything outside oh, yeah. the box yeah. and um went and and associated with people that he was not allowed to associate with um in the in the same manner of speaking and you know the the whole thing is is they think that this message or this understanding is to is alienating people, but it's really not. It's just opening up a discussion right. between people because nobody's telling anybody they need to have to believe this way, um, you know. And and truthfully, the fruit of what's coming out of it speaks for itself. There doesn't have to be a debate or I believe this and you're wrong and you believe that because the biggest thing that we have to get over is our right to be right in the first place. Um, so it's just loving and honoring each other where we are in the journey. Hallelujah. So. You know what you're what you're saying. I, I I see so clearly in a lot of people that their identity is attached to their belief system, which their belief system has often been taught to them by the box and church box. And so when you start to try to remove some of that or 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 challenge some of that, they rise up in fear. Their walls go up and everything else. You know because you're messing with their identity because they don't necessarily have it in Christ where it should be. And if we have it in Christ, then, and we truly know who we are and we're comfortable in our own skin, we, we know what God has called us to do and we love ourselves and we're confident in all that, you know, we can enjoy the differences because we're created differently and we can sit down and have the conversation and uh, enjoy the fact that somebody believes differently and, and actually ask questions to understand their point of view, even though we may not agree or you know, differs from what we believe. But you know, that's the beauty of it. But when they've got their identity attached to their belief system, they will be triggered when you start trying to remove some of the stuff or challenge it in any way. So, so what, what is like on your heart right now that, that you would just like to share with all the listeners that, um, you know, uh, regarding restoration of all things, regarding the conference, you know, whatever it might be, what's on your heart that you would like to share to speak directly to the listeners? Open forum. I think for me, it's the, the opportunity to really communicate the massive, unlimited, unconditional love of the Father. To me, everything, everything that is hung together in the universe is hung together by the power of his word. And his, because the word says his nature is love. So one of the things that I really love about Larry, he did a teaching one time on the four nouns that, that the word says that God is. Number one, he's light. Number two, he's spirit. Number three, he's fire. And number four, he is love. 
So if our pursuit is really uh, to seek to be aligned with the nature and the character of Christ Jesus, it's no longer good enough for us to do love or to give love. We must become what he is, which is love. And to me, that measure of love speaks to the ultimate capacity of God to maintain that love, even when our children are being quite naughty. And it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that uh, that there is no consequence for the things that they do, but even the story of the prodigal son is mostly about the unconditional love of a father who embraces a wayward son before he even has time to repent, actually. So the the issue for me is that everybody leaves with the knowledge deep inside of their spirit of the total, complete, sovereign, unlimited love of God for them personally and for everything that he's ever created. Amen. I love that. Love that. I'm looking forward to helping people on questions like this one or other other doctrinal questions what i mean by the easy way out is you get a it, it all gets distilled down either by somebody teaching you that way or by you just kind of you know hurrying to get the question framed in an either or situation so either everything that uh is culturally thought about hell in western church is true or nothing's true uh there's there's very little that we know about god that is that way I mean, in other words, like even the idea of love and fire and light and and, and that stuff, it's uh, in spirit. God's not like part love and part fire, and you got to try to figure out when he's being what. He's that all the time. And so you could have two people walking up to God, and he could be reaching out and embracing both of them, and the two experience it on opposite ends of the spectrum, depending upon where they are. He came to his own, his own received him not, but as many as did receive him, he gave him the power to become children of God. So there's variables that we assign to God and try to make them into these little simplistic either or things. And and um, and I'm just hoping that out of a result of this conference and other teaching and what goes out on the net, uh, people are kind of persuaded to abandon that sort of either or thinking. Hallelujah. And realize that... Uh, you know, there's only three possibilities. You're either right or wrong, or you're right about some of it and wrong about some of it. <laughs> and, and so most of the time, we find ourselves in the middle. Yeah. We're right about some of it, and we don't know some of it. So again, as Shannon was mentioning, we've got a lot of different perspectives coming. People are going to be talking. And I'm hoping it'll, it'll provoke conversations that aren't framed in the either or. Uh, I, I filled out a little survey the other day, and one of the questions was, what is uh, what, what is something that Christians say all the time that irritates you? And uh, uh, my statement was, if if hell's not real, Jesus died for him. What an oversimplification <laughs> of what Christ did to restore our lives with the Father, to open our eyes to eternal truths, to redeem us, to uh, give us a way that our sin can be overcome. And so that kind of sim simplistic, combative, defensive thing, I'm just hoping that we can send a room full of people and the people that watch online uh, away from the conference with a better discussion, a better argument, a better That's really good. process. 
I was laughing because, you know, just as you were talking about, you know, the, not having this either or thing, I'm sitting here writing down some, some thoughts and some, some notes on uh, love and light and that, so wait a minute, he, God is love. Yes, God is light. Wait a minute, I thought you said he was love. You know, you know, we go through that process. It's like, hmm, is love, light, fire, spirit, are these one and the same? You know, are you know? Anyway, I was writing that stuff down just as you were saying, and I'm just laughing because just I love how God works. But Shannon, what, yeah. what do you have? Um, I I really think it's the same thing as what Larry and Mom were both saying is that um, it's a it's time for a discussion about some things. And you know, I've heard people saying, you know, here's the line in the sand: you're either with us or you're not. The problem with that is, is it makes people. Um, number one put them back into a box mm -hmm. of you either believe the way that i am or i you know rip my clothes and you're not part of me anymore um uh which is not his character or his nature right um because he's always calling out to us always calling out to us waiting for that light inside of each of us to respond yes and um never never losing hope on that so when we do that when we do that and we set it up into a place where you know it's their side our side and the other side um, we're, we're alienating everything he did because it's all about unity and all becoming one and all walking this journey out together. So I think just the fact that we can open up some discussion and know that it's a safe place to talk about stuff. Um, you know, I'm just coming into an understanding of a lot of things that my mom's been walking in for 40 years. You know, I'm 50 years old, so I wasn't thinking about it when I was 10. Right. And, and, you know, it wasn't a journey for me, you know, and then I spent the next 30 years, you know, 30 years anyways, raising kids, but, um, um, you know, it's, it's just opening up, um, some discussion and some talking and bringing it to a family table. You yes. know, we can all sit down at the family, uh, at the, at the family table. We can argue for two hours about stuff, um, get up and hug each other, kiss each other and say, we'll see you next week. There's no severing of relationship. And I think yeah. that's what the, the, this is all about is really him embracing each of us, our uniqueness and our design and the way he created us and being able to honor and respect those that um, are carrying, um, you know, what mom and Mike and the, they're carrying um, something so great that they've been walking in for so long that all of us are just finally, you know, light bulb switches coming on and going, oh, wait a minute, that makes so much sense. And then really seeking it for ourselves. Yeah. And, um, you know, because if it, it, uh, it can't just come from the mouth of a man, it has to come from the heart of the father. And um, that's what I want everybody to see is just to really dive deep into the heart of the father, to be able to see those places where um, his, his desires are and, and that un, unbelievable amount of love. Because once we step into that, everything else works itself out. Love it. Yeah, Love and you it. said something that I, I like words and word pictures. And uh, you said, you know, the, the line drawn in the sand. And it just made me think drawing a line in the sand is a no notoriously short lived reference point. It is, absolutely. <laughs> One wash of the waves and it's gone. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. One wash of the waves and it's gone. Where, you know, right. uh, the other statement in that survey uh, was the Bible clearly says, uh, I love the Bible. But it doesn't clearly say very much. <laughs> it clearly says a ton of stuff that is, it requires an open heart and a humble spirit to come and realize that it's the Holy Spirit. You know, the, the, the scripture says the, the, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. 
we got to keep that in mind. And and on a topic like this, that's really critical. It's really yeah. critical. So I'm, I'm hoping we're going to be able to be a part of the voice in that direction. Yeah. You know, and Adina and I have shared multiple times on, you know, restoration of all things. But any and all times that we share it, it's just hold it loosely. And if it, if it resonates with you and you can step into it, hallelujah. If not, hallelujah. Just find what resonates with you and follow that. But don't be dissing on you know, others that are engaging with other things. Because, you know, that line in the sand or a doctrine, you know, anytime we develop a doctrine, we've just drawn a line in the sand because if you agree with me, you're you're with me. If you don't, then you're out. And that's why, you know, with Kingdom Equipping Center, we just don't do doctrine. You know, it's just not part of who we are. It's, it's the three plumb lines and it's more about honoring and respecting one another and allowing people to have different beliefs. Um, so I, I love that. I mean, I feel like we're all very much on the same page. And if everybody could just believe like us. <laughs> it's, it's everybody completely steps into him and just goes with what he tells us to. Yes. Because his, yeah. his heart frequency yeah. um, will emanate throughout the universe. No matter what we believe or what we teach or what we're doing or how we're treating our neighbor, it's that frequency that he has that yeah. that um, ultimately will bring all things to him. Amen. You know, and I thought about it. I, I was driving somewhere and I don't know why it dropped into my spirit, but I'm just thinking, you know, I had a little bit of negativity that I was thinking on. It's like, how is everybody going to actually engage with this idea of love? Because, you know, there's some people that are just entrenched in their darkness and they, you know, they thrive on it. I'm like, how are we going to get past this? And, um, you know, and I was really kind of in a quandary. But then, you know, Father said, you know what, once I, you know, once I get through all the garbage and I can show somebody how much I really have loved them and that I've never departed from them, I've always been with them, I'm, always, I'm for them, that when, once I can get that message through to them, they'll let go of that garbage. Thing is, we as people, his people, need to begin to share that message and show that we can love even the unlovable and walk with them even when it, you know, it can be challenging to us sometimes, but that we, we need to step up in our own love to be able to share it with the world. Well, us being a reflection of who he is, um, if we cannot be his love to every, whether we agree with them or not, right? Whether we agree right. with them, whether we see them in their own darkness, you know, I had a, a really good friend that um, came, came into full knowledge and love of the Lord, not because um, of anything I told her, but it, it was the example that she saw us living out in our life. And, um, you know, she, uh, she said, I am where I am today because you love me where I was. And that's the whole thing is we need yeah. to love each other where they are, where we exactly. are, because we're all on a, we're all on a journey and we all do things that are unlovable, honestly, mm -hmm. but because we're, st we're inside of him and he's inside of us, there's nothing that is unlovable. Everything yeah. is lovable and he can bring everything back to himself. It's good. It's good. I just had lunch with Larry and he brought up a word that I, I think is really important to dwell on. Uh, he, he said, God is an omnipatient God <laughs> that to everything, there is a time and a season and a purpose to everything under heaven. Uh, for the last 20 years, I have spent the majority of my time outside 
the four walls of the church. Not, not meaning that I'm not a member of the church, but my commission by God, because I came out of great darkness, was to be a light in the midst of the darkness. And so the majority of the time that I've spent in the last 20 years, I've been spending with Islamic people, Buddhistic people, shamanistic people, tribal people, people that are operating in great levels of darkness. And the one thing that I found, no matter, I've been to over 130 nations now, and the one thing that I find is men everywhere have three basic needs. The first need is the need to be loved. The second need is the need to give love. And the third need is to know that they have a purpose for being here that goes above and beyond their daily uh, lifestyle. So when you can be the person that vibrates with the frequency of the heart of God, even people that would come into my meetings to kill me, many of them came to chop my head off and they ended up leaving my best friend. And the reason for that is not that I'm such an anointed preacher, but that my heart actually vibrates with the frequency of the love of God. And when they hear that frequency, their spirit picks up on it. And even yeah. though their soul doesn't even understand why they're doing it, they, they respond in a positive fashion because it's a sound and a frequency that they remember from before the time they even were born into the mm -hmm. earth. And it resonates with them. And the next thing you know, within a day, they've given their life to the Lord, not because I was a good preacher, not because I could heal the sick or raise the dead, but because I emanated the frequency of the Father's heart, which is love. Mm. That love is a frequency. And when that love emanates out of your heart, I don't care how hard-hearted, how anti-Christ-spirited a person is, they yield to the love because they recognize it as being the love of a father. That's good. Their, their, their soul may not understand it, but their spirit picks up on it in an instant. And it has brought radical, radical shifting and changing to people from every kind of spiritual, religious, and non-religious background that I can even mention. And I could give thousands of hours of testimonies of people who have migrated into the things of God from nothing more than the frequency of love. Wow. Yeah. So good. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but I feel like I've been in a time warp because uh, 53 minutes have already passed. <laughs> I feel oh, like we good, just right? got started. What happens when you have good conversation? <laughs> it does. That, that's really good. Seriously. It does happen. Good conversation will carry you through time. That as well. What was that, Larry? Oh, I, I, I think that the conference will kind of manifest that time warp as well. I think it's going to go by quick. It will. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to it. Um, any, any final words? We've got about five minutes. Um, I think one of, the, one of the most important things is the opening up of the dialoguing. Yeah. Because the word says, <laughs> we have the mind of Christ. Not me, not you, not Larry, not Shannon. We. That's we. Good that each yeah. one of us contains a significantly empirically important part to be able to communicate to the others. And actually, I look forward to receiving as much as I'm giving. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because there are people that are going to be there that are carrying things I have need of. And likewise, I have things they have need of. So as we all come together, as the, as the Ecclesia, 
we're going to see that dynamic changes begin to happen in all of our lives, not just the people coming, but in mine too, because I'm very expectant that there'll be people there. Larry, every once in a while, we get in a conversation and he'll say something that I go, wow, I haven't thought of that before. And I go home and I just meditate, meditate on that until it becomes not just word, but living inside of me. And so I feel like there are going to be multitudes of people that are there that have very key, significant input to bring the fullness of the character of Christ forward in the conference. I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, in fact, because I, I just know that this is, I, I feel like it's going to be groundbreaking, that there, there's something going to be released here that even it, one of the best things I think that could be released is just the freedom to understand that each of us carry a part and that each of us have a valuable piece to bring. And it doesn't, you know, and it's not about, you know, the speakers. It's about who's there, who's at this group meeting, whether online or in person, who's there. Father's brought all these people together for a purpose. And there's going to be some that may have questions that will open up something new. And, may, you know, their, their question may, you know, they may not have... We may not have answers to it, but the process of processing that question will bring new revelation. So anyway, I'm looking forward to it very much so. Bless you guys. for Thank you, thank you for being on here. Do you guys have a few more minutes to do uh, some behind the scenes? Maybe we'll step a little deeper into some of the stuff that we're going to sure. be talking about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So just to all of our listeners, go to KingdomTalksMedia.com, especially if you're listening to this after the conference. Uh, go there to get a copy of the recording that will be there. Uh, and um, anyway, we just bless each and every one of you. We thank you. If you want to see the behind the scenes section, again, go to the kingdomtalksmedia.com, go to the partnership section and uh, check that out. And we will see you all next time. Thank you again, Nancy. Bless you. Shannon, bless you. Larry, bless you. Love you guys so much. And we will look Love forward you, to you and Adina too. So thank give you. her our blessing. We're sorry she couldn't be with us today. Yeah. 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 Sorry. All right. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking time out to listen to Kingdom Talks. You can find out more about Kingdom Talks Media and our mission to unite in faith and grow as mature sons at KingdomTalksMedia.com. Please continue to like subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Fringe Radio Network, and many more places. Go to our website to find links to all of our media outlets, as well as fantastic online courses and conferences, including the life-changing interactive course, Ultimate Impact. And last but not least, we ask that you consider partnering with us to fulfill the mission to get these messages to the world. To become a partner, go to the Partnership tab on our website. Thank you, and until next time, live a blessed life and keep carrying us in your heart and sharing us wherever hearts are open.